Well, I am very excited to have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Dr. Kathy Lippman, and you are going to learn so much about how to have an extraordinary life and really what makes an extraordinary life. Well, one of the things that makes an extraordinary life is having good, robust health. So before I tell you a little bit about her, I'd love her to say hello. So Dr. Lippman, it is wonderful to have you with me today. Thank you, Diane. It's a pleasure to be talking with you. And well, I, I am excited. Pardon me? And I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I want to share with everybody here today a little bit about what you're going to learn. Kathy M. Lippman, MD, is a holistic medical doctor who practices environmental and preventive medicine. So we have a lot to learn from someone who really is, I'm going to say, ahead of the curve in some areas that many of us are just really learning about, understanding, and catching up with. Now, many people come to her with chronic conditions for which they've been told, you know what, they'll just have to live with it. And that's not something we ever want to hear. So using alternative methods, Dr. Lippman assists them so they feel better, they're more energetic, and they're healthier. And good health, by the way, is not the same as not being sick. So we're going to ask her about that in just a moment. Now, many parents bring their children who have been diagnosed with a condition for which a medication has been prescribed, and these parents are seeking out Dr. Lippman for different and safer options. So I would love to find out right now from Dr. Lippman, good health is not the same as not being sick. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means? It means feeling really vital. There's a difference between dragging through the day and sort of tossing and turning at night and feeling, eh, but you don't have a fever, you don't have a sore throat, um, you might be getting a slight headache, something like that. And you're not feeling vital where you, you you don't have to bounce out of bed, but you get out of bed and you are happy to meet the new day and you feel well and your mood is good. That's feeling vital. I love this because here's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that this is very different than what you oftentimes get as a reply when you say to someone, how are you doing today? And say, oh, I'm okay. And I'm okay is definitely not what you just described as vital, is it? Right. <laughs> and oftentimes when people say, I'm okay, it's interesting to think about what that means. You might, you might interpret it to mean, well, gosh, I just had an experience today which didn't go the way I expected. But, you know, sometimes when things don't go the way we expected, there's something underneath it, and I'm sure you find that all the time when you first meet with a new patient who comes in, and you may just take a look at kind of how they're, how they're sitting, how they're standing, how they're speaking, and, you know, you being a practice diagnostician, you can really see what may be visible. The person can't see themselves. They can't see how they're walking through life, how they're you know, whether they're smiling or not smiling, whether there's a light in their eyes or whether there isn't. I'm sure there's some very physical, visible sort of signals that you may have noticed. I'm wondering if you can share some of those kinds of things that you notice when you first meet somebody who's come in to talk with you. You're so right, Diane. Um, I'm thinking of as you know, looking at the patient and wondering they're slouching, um, their mouths are downturned at the corners, um, they often sigh a lot. Uh, very often, if something terrible has happened recently, for example, uh, parent passing. The women especially, you know, will start breaking down in tears and 
or perhaps they are yawning a lot mm. and you make me uh, think about this and I'm sure that I take it in um, in a sort of unconscious fashion but those are some of the signals I see. Well, you strike me as someone who's a very close observer. And as you say, you're taken in unconsciously because you are tuning into being present with the person who's with you. You know, just what is, what is so with them? And I have seen you to be a very observant individual. And also, I do a couple of tests first that show me that this person is not ready for a full evaluation because they're just so separated from themselves at the moment. Mm. Mm. You know, it's, it brings me in mind of, I'm going to say the other side of the, the two definitions I have for wow and whispering. You know, people tend to think of wow as something that's exciting and um, I'm going to say expressive and full of energy. And people think of whispering as kind of quiet and intimate and sometimes not even noticeable. And yet they both have a downside. In other words, the wow that is, oh my gosh, this is a tough moment. And sometimes when somebody describes a, a trauma that they've recently experienced or something that really has kind of torn at their heart, you, you, one might say in response, oh wow, that is really, I'm sad to hear that. Or they might be having an experience which is kind of whispering and almost trying to get their attention in their own physical well-being or lack of well-being but they may not be present to hearing it themselves and they need somebody like you to really alert them that there is something to pay attention to something they may not have the the energy or even the the, the sort of i'm going to say the thought process to really identify as well i need support in this area so it sounds like you you get to see and hear those little whispers that might be impacting somebody's health in a way that they can't see for themselves. Very often the patient comes in and you can see that, and they tell you that um, they're very upset. They explain what's happened and I would just let them go on for several minutes mm -hmm. and very often they apologize for taking so much time and I say, look at what you're talking about. It's very serious. And of course you respond this way. And I'm glad to give you the opportunity to speak about it to somebody. Um, and you see them, and then I do an exercise that helps convert them from being in the fight or flight, constricted, tense mode to more relaxed um, mode in their body, which is the healing modality in, we have in our bodies instead of the tension. And they're not happy, but you can see that a lot of the tension has fallen off of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because tension has like a physical presence, doesn't it? just in the way that people hold themselves. Yes. Yeah. And you, you, you brought up a phrase that many people are familiar with, not, not everyone, but we've heard fight or flight. And there's two other aspects of it, as you know, there's the, there's the, we'll call it the freezing or the frozen place and then there's the fawning place which is to be apologetic like you were just describing like oh I'm sorry to be this way or and and the frozen places they feel like they're stuck with it you know that phrase that we talked about at the beginning which is well you, you'll just have to live with this and it sounds like you have access to all four of these states in a way that you give them a way to free themselves from these I'm going to call it stuckness. I don't know a better word. Yes. And when I say to them, well, of course you're upset. 
you know, and uh, it's normal to be crying for what's happened to you and what's happened to your loved one or mm -hmm. whomever and whatever. Um, and that's, you can just see the, the relaxation occur as they sort of, they whisper, oh. <laughs> ah, yes. You know, you have something that um, I remember as a little kid that parents would talk about, and I was always listening to what they had to say, and they would say, well, this particular doctor has a really good bedside manner. And what I want to say is that you have that instinctively. You have that calming voice. You have that thoughtful way and rhythm about you. In fact, I find myself, you know, I'm usually a crazy fast talker. I find myself slowing down to really be mindful of what we're talking about. And I really want to acknowledge that that is a rare talent, a real gift, a rare skill these days. But I suspect it is something that your patients are so relieved to have you know, available in their conversation with you. My patients feel safe with me because I'm relatively non-judgmental. You know, everybody is judgmental to a point, you know, <laughs> but um, in this case, they're safe. And so many people who come to see me acknowledge that in one way or another. And being safe and seeking safety is one of those primal needs that people have from the time they are, even before thought, safety is really critical. And it's not something that everybody feels as an adult. And I'm, I'm mindful of the fact that parents are bringing their kids to you. So you're really seeing the generations uh, in tandem from little, little kids, I'm sure even, you know, toddlers. And, and do, do you ever treat babies? Is that something that you find yourself dealing with in terms of parents being worried about their, their little kid who's not responding to life in, in terms of, you know, maybe dealing with things where they can't keep down food it can't keep down nourishment is that something you run into ever what i do with babies is what's called surrogate testing that ah. means i test the baby through the the parent and uh, to see if the parent is providing something that the baby is sensitive to or intolerant of and that's how i test babies what, an, what a really brilliant way of doing it, because if you think about it, parents are the primary source of everything for babies. They are making all the decisions and all the choices to the best of their ability, but they may not be making choices that are compatible with the baby's, I don't know, metabolism, physiology, needs. Exactly. Wow. Well, that is a wow for me because it's a reminder that we are also interconnected right from the time we are little babies. We really are and nowadays it seems as though the children, are, many children are more sensitive and more intolerant of the environment for a variety of reasons. Basically it can be um, that the parents have don't have as much vitality and the baby is deprived of getting energy for living because the parent is deprived and or the the environment is toxic for chemicals or emotional deficiencies um, or excesses, there are many reasons why. Well, this brings in mind the specialty that you have chosen, which is environmental and preventive medicine, which are two areas that a lot of people aren't as familiar with. They don't quite understand what environmental medicine means. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I'd love to be educated as well. 
Environmental medicine regards illness as being possibly being a result of a sensitivity or an intolerance to some aspect of the environment. And it could be something you're eating, you're breathing, or you're putting on your skin. That's mm. basically it. Um, so for example, it could be a baby is born with food allergies. And that's what I was alluding to before. Okay. Um, uh, or it could be that the environment is toxic from chemicals that we need to be able to detoxify chemicals and babies are have young livers and young organs and it can be hard for them to detoxify as much as they need to if they're being exposed to chemicals. And um, I'll take one subject area that is some often controversial, controversial, um, which is mold. When there's a, a leak of water and uh, mold buildup develops, molds will create what's called mycotoxins which are chemicals and some molds, those mycotoxins are very toxic and they induce symptoms in the people. Um, for example, I had a mother who brought her 10 year old son because he was getting sick so often and we identified that he might be getting exposed to a, a an undue amount of mold. And I said, you need to test your house. And sure enough, they came, they had a mold inspector come out and he found that they had mold problems. Um, the mold was remediated. The house was remediated. And not only did he get better, but the mother got better also. So that's interesting because it sounds like each of them had a different level of susceptibility, a different level of being able to handle or not handle this mold. Is it, am I understanding that correctly? You're right. The reactions are entirely individual. Okay. And, and siblings differ. Oh, really? Yes. In terms of their abilities to detoxify and to respond to challenges. Well, it reminds me of, of, for example, from the recent fires, we're both here in California, and we know that Southern California has just come through a very, very difficult fire that was uh, close to Los Angeles, but not in Los Angeles. And then there's Northern California with an even more devastating fire. So it is the air quality and the, the movement of air in the wind that brings toxins that aren't even necessarily specific to your home, which may not be burning or may not be under siege, but you're, you're having to deal with the, the air itself. Exactly. Both the air from the fl flames and, mm -hmm. and the chemicals, the fire retardants that are used to try to slow the fire. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, so all those strange colored sprays. I remember one time, a couple of times I've seen fires being sprayed and you think, what is it that they're spraying? It's not simply water, that's for darn sure, because they're trying to chemically alter the, the burn itself, if I'm understanding that. Right. Wow. So, so you may find yourself in an area where you've done everything you could. You're eating well. You're, you know, you're keeping your house free from mold to the best of your ability or, you know, making sure you don't have toxic... Um, materials in your home, but you may be in an area that is under siege because of uh, winds and weather that brings something else to you. How do you, how do you protect yourself so that if something like that occurs, you're, I'm going to say, better able to cope with it? Is there a way to develop a, a kind of a resistance or a kind of a vitality? I love that word you used that helps you better cope with these unexpected events? Is there a way to do that? Yes, I think that people need to get enough sleep. 
good sleep. Um, they need to have a good diet, uh, protein and vegetables. We're not eating enough green leafy vegetables because they have chemicals in them that help us to detoxify and, mm -hmm. to, um, and really support the organ systems. And um, exercise is important to get the juices flowing. Ah, yes, to life juices. <laughs> and um, emotional issues. So um, some people say that look at the um, physical, the emotional, the chemical aspects of an individual to get an idea of how healthy they are. Well, it's remarkable that you led with talking about sleep because we think of sleep as, mm, how can I say this, optional. I mean, <laughs> sometimes as adults we think, well, I have all these duties and responsibilities. Now, uh, in fact, I remember, I think it was back in the 70s, it could have been later, Remember the phrase, I'll sleep when I'm dead? How crazy a phrase that was. It became popular in yeah. popular culture. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, that's not a very good philosophy because if you have that philosophy, you may be dead sooner than you expect to because you're not taking care of what sounds like a very fundamental need. Yes, yes. And I, I want to add something, if I may, because in a way, when you think about having a healthy diet, I know that there are some people who think of a healthy diet in terms of food, but they don't think about something that we kind of take for granted, and that is water. Oh, yes. Very good. Hydration. You know, pardon me? Hydration. Hydration. And people think, well, hydration, now what does that mean? They think, well, if I just have enough liquids, then I'm going to be hydrated because I have, I have liquid going in, therefore my cells have access to it. But if I understand correctly, the body distinguishes between water and other liquids. Am I right about that? Yes, other liquids, for example, coffee, okay. are, di are diuretics. So they cause you to release the water that collects in the body. So a diuretic is actually taking water away from the cells? Is that, I don't know if I'm describing it correctly. Essentially. Okay, yes. so you're not you're not getting to retain the appropriate balance because it's it's flushing out whatever it's flushing out because it is a diuretic. The other problem is um, uh, no, I just forgot what I was going to say about diuretic or coffee. Well, when I think of it, I'll. <laughs> okay, great. We can, we can come back to that. So you have you have identified for a, a perfect example of something that you know people are really into coffee. In fact, we have a little bit of a coffee culture. I remembered. So water devoid of nutrients, in particular um, minerals, is not as is not as healthy as we think it might be. So that creates a problem because people want to drink filtered water, which okay. is a good idea. Do you think that's gets rid of the, of the unwanted chemicals that have somehow found their way into our, our water system, yes? Yes. Okay. The, you know, yes, well, we can come back to that, um, what those chemicals are. Okay. Uh, we need electrolytes like sodium, potassium, chloride to, for the body's cells to function. And if you filter out all of them, or a majority of them, then your water is just wet and it's not as nourishing as if it has the electrolytes in them. So there are some people who drink, who drink um, spring water, and is that considered to be appropriate? Does it have the appropriate nutrients in it? It does. Um, spring water, like 
bottled water, some of the brands, um, like Mountain Valley, that's mm -hmm. one I know, and Icelandic. Um, they are apparently okay with being filtered, but also having the minerals that we need. So people have to really consider two factors is number one, is it, if it's filtered, is it filtering out the, the undesirable chemicals, but leaving the nutrients? And the other thing is, does it have the nutrients? Are the electrolyte balances, et cetera, there? And do you, this is an interesting thing because for some folks, they have tap water available and they put a filtration system on it, but it sounds like that filtration system may or may not be preserving the desirable chemicals, if you will, or desirable nutrients. Is that a consideration that people should be tuned into? Yes. Um, sometimes tap water is better than water that you get in a plastic bottle. Mm -hmm. Can be tap water plus plastic. Oh, yes, that's right. Some of those plastic Plastic bottled waters are not, in fact, any better than, or maybe worse than, it sounds like, your right. natural system. Right. I, I tell people to have filtered water and of some sort, even if all that it filters and gets out is the chloride that's added to the water. Mm -hmm. um, between that and reverse osmosis, there's a range of water filters. And also you can add the minerals that needed back to the water that once it's filtered, the water that we want to drink. Now, do you add those, would you, would you, how would you add those back in? Does it have to be part of a filtration system or is there another way you could add those in if you don't have that available to you? They're available in, to buy, they come in bottles and they looking, we're looking at magnesium and um, potassium and a little bit of sodium and um, there are um, essential minerals that trace minerals is what they're called. Okay. And the list of the ones that are, do not have poisonous amounts of either the trace minerals or other heavy metals um, varies to the product. So it's, it's really, it can be hard to get the right thing for yourself. It seems to take some effort and you've got to educate yourself and um, have someone like yourself available to guide people because there are so many choices and they don't necessarily address and bring you the vitality that you're seeking. So it sounds like something else that you provide for your patients is you have a way of testing um, and you have, an, you have some FDA approved uh, devices that allow you to identify the sensitivities and maybe do you also identify what people may be missing so you can specify what it is that they need to do for themselves individually that may not be even for their brother, their sister or their child to find what they need um, really requires laboratory testing. Ah, so that's another tool that you use in conjunction with all of your other yes. um, knowledge. Right. And, you know, we're lucky to live at least in the era where that is available to us because yes. it, it, it wasn't, I know growing up, I never heard of anybody getting anything tested. And um, it sounds like now that is something that uh, people can look into, be, you know, whoever their physician may be, they can begin to inquire about these options. Exactly. And there are so. different labs 
and um, every practitioner has their favorite lab, you know, so, but it's an investment in their health. Well, I can't think of anything better to invest in because without that, you you can't really go out into the world and you know make your contribution, make your mark, and and participate. You've got to have your health, as you say. It starts with sleep right off the bat, and then we got into some very specific elements that take. I'm going to say they take being focused and they take being committed to creating health. It doesn't necessarily just happen all by itself these days. And our current environment does it no it doesn't you're right it's it's a it's a job and you know i've noticed i've had i've had a couple of people in my life who say you know i've always been healthy my whole life and all of a sudden one day i found myself no longer that healthy always able to function always able to keep going kind of person are you finding that people kind of go from being what they think of as very resilient to gosh, this was a complete shock and surprise for no obvious reasons. Is that, is that something that happens more common these days than it used to? Well, I'm not sure if it's more common, but it happens because there's a tipping point. Uh-huh. And it's, for example, um, if you have nine ounces of water and a glass that holds eight ounces, um, you can pour the water in slowly, you know, and not know where the level is until all of a sudden the water reaches the top of the glass and overflows. And the same thing happens with um, illnesses or symptoms. Um, people don't realize that their body is trying to respond, um, but it is having perhaps inability to um, inability to take care of an issue, whether it's to um, well, let's take magnesium for example. Okay. Um, we Americans in general are deficient in magnesium, and Magnesium is equally as important as calcium. Mm -hmm. And uh, for example, it's very important. And if you don't have enough magnesium, you can start to get palpitations. Oh my goodness. The heart is beating and um, struggling. And if you give it more magnesium, then it can settle down. Um, So, but you don't know until the the heart can't say to you, you who, you know, I'm I'm running low on magnesium. Would you go get some, please? Exactly. It's not like the readout of the computers in our cars now to say, oh, by the way, you need X, Y, and Z. We, 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 the body, um, and we haven't really been trained, I'm going to say, or educated to pay attention to our bodies. That's not something, it's kind of like, well, just get up and carry on and just keep going. And, you know, just, again, that that drive. And is that why Americans are so kind of tough? Because they don't notice these things building up. They don't notice that their vitality needs some professional attention until, oops, now we've got major symptoms happening. Is that is that a habit we have as Americans? It's uh, probably a habit, and it's also the way the health system operates. Ah. The health system is really just beginning to have a preventive aspect to it. Well, that brings in your other specialty, which is preventive medicine. Can you share a little bit about what that means and how people can tune into the importance of it? Well, I think it combines with the environmental because as, um, as an individual gradually is developing symptoms, they may not realize that they're developing an illness 
or the symptoms uh, can be very mild at first and then they get worse and they don't know what causes it. And that's the issue is what is causing the symptom. And very often it can be a sensitivity or an intolerance. And then you ask, well, why is the person sensitive or intolerant when they didn't seem to be before? And it could be an emotional issue, straining the body. Um, it could be a chemical issue. It could be a physical issue in terms of structure in the body. Um, and this needs to be determined in order to really take care of the problem instead of just giving a medication. Well, I think you've just done a beautiful job of describing what we define as a holistic approach, which is the, to look at the but all the circumstances and all the factors and all the contributing elements to a person's state of health or, or, or illness. Okay. <laughs> well, it's a word, you know, holistic is a word that is, I, I, I think it, people are attracted to it. They don't often quite know what to make of it. it. It's kind of a big sounding word. It can mean a lot of things, but you've just described some of the, elements that contribute to looking at the individual parts, I'll say, of a whole picture. Well, the holistic aspect is in contrast to you go to the doctor, you tell your symptom, and the doctor gives you a, a prescription. Um, the holistic is a combination of partnering, so uh -huh. it's between the patient and the physician, and the physician is going to be looking for the cause to really take care of the symptom and so we can understand it. And sometimes um, the cause requires medication, but not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Well, that is really fleshing out my understanding of the word in a, in a, real, in a way that is, again, reminding me that you you do need to get beyond your own knowledge base and really have someone who can give you a perspective that is different than, bigger than, more, I'm going to say, knowledgeable than your own. And then you then you have a worthy partner, you know. Right. That's what so I enjoy about the work I do is the partnering. You know, my patients teach me so much especially nowadays when they can get information or supposedly information on the web. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the web can be a dangerous place for people who are thinking, oh, I've got this symptom, I've got that symptom. But if they come to you with their questions, then they can get a perspective. And you can sort of, uh, I'm interested in how you characterize it as, as you learning from them as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued with your you are really taking seriously the idea of partnering being a two-way exchange. Well, it's just that I don't have the time to look up everything on the internet, um, but my patients will if they are having a problem. Many of them do, and they give me all the latest information you know, did you know about this study, Dr. Lippman? <laughs> did you know about that study? Yeah. Well, what's great is that you can then take more information and put it into a context. I'm also intrigued with in your practice, and you said this when you were talking about, um, I was asking you about sharing a wow and sharing a whisper, but I want to take a break because I want to come back and share that uh, as we continue our conversation. We're going to take a break for just a moment. So listeners stick with us. You are learning a lot more than you may realize about how to have the best health and vitality. We'll be back with you in just a moment. I'm going to be a little quiet here because I'm going to insert the break and then we'll come back for a moment. You are educating everyone so well. <laughs> That's good. 
So we are back with Dr. Kathy Littman, who has really been, I'm going to say, opening up my mind, I'm sure opening up our listeners' minds to the, I'm going to say, taking responsibility for educating ourselves and choosing a physician, choosing a practitioner who can really help guide you through, and as she says, partner with you to create your best health. So I want to ask you, um, when we were talking about having this conversation today, I invited Dr. Lippman to consider sharing a wow and sharing a whisper. And I'd like to just share with you right now what she said when I said, well, what kind of whisper would you like to share? She, she said to me, I really think of the whisper as about finding the advanced technology I use for my patients. That was something that you use technology in a very, I want to say forward, forward kind of leading edge way. And I'd love to hear what, what that whisper was for you. What did you find? Well, um, I don't remember exactly what I said to you, but when people look at what is happening during my evaluation, they say, oh, or is that why I'm feeling I'm getting headaches, just for example. And that, or is that why I'm not feeling so well, you know? And for the, I have to grant it, give, give uh, kudos to them because then they say, so if I say to them, well, can you uh, take coffee, for example? Maybe coffee is providing um, the person with a problem, like palpitations, because caffeine will do that to an individual. It's a drug. And I would say, but they say, well, I, I can't stop my coffee. And I would say, can you do it for a month? And expect that you'll get a headache the first three to four days when you stop your coffee. But stop it for a month and let's see what happens, how you feel. And so you might not feel quite as well the first three to four days, but then see how you feel. And we'll give you some magnesium to support you. And they come back and they say, I, I'm just amazed at how much better I feel from stopping the coffee. And I would say, that's great because it's not just the coffee, but it's also the pesticides that are sprayed on coffee, you know, that I think you were reacting to. And it sounds like their heart in this situation may be calming down a bit so they don't have that, exactly. that kind of racing palpitation experience. Yes. So they, so I'm, I'm intrigued with, again, your, your amazing bedside manner, if I'll call it, where you get people to be willing to do an experiment, you know, try something out, see how it goes. And then they come back and lo and behold, they get something wonderful. It's, um, it's so delightful to, and my feeling of gratitude is tremendous when somebody tells me, oh, you know, this was so helpful and I'm feeling so much better. And sometimes it can only take a two days to make a big difference when people wow. stop what's, what's been irritating their body. Mm. Yeah, and the body has a chance to say, oh, thank you. <laughs> exactly. So I also want to share what you were talking about as an example of a wow. And you phrased it as the miracles I witness using my approach. And the example you gave was a woman 
who was complaining of having headaches for at least 20 years, and you were able to identify that she had an intolerance to a common food, bananas. And what happened when she eliminated those bananas? Well, the first thing is that she came in saying, doesn't everybody have a headache every day? Oh, my. I, I didn't put that in there. Um, and I say, no, <laughs> that's not what happened. So anyway, so she said, when we evaluated her and I said, it looks like bananas are an issue. And she said, but I have a banana in my cereal every morning. And I said, well, would you be willing to stop having the banana every morning? And she said, oh, sure, you know, and <laughs> probably not expecting anything to happen, but she stopped and her headache stopped after 20 years of having headaches every day. What and an extraordinary change. How did you feel about that? I, it was, I so enjoy when people feel better. And what's even more better is that she referred everybody in her poker club to me. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And what's great is that she had this direct experience of doing one thing and look at the difference it made in her life. Well, I have another example that that happened to, um, this was before I was using the equipment that I use and the program. Um, and I was injecting uh, substances subcutaneously just that's just under the skin um, to see if the person was sensitive to them. And a 23-year-old young woman came in who complained of depression for 10 years. And she said, none of the medications help. And you know, when you're depressed, your social life takes a beating. And I tested her and I did the injection in her arm as following the protocol. And with the second injection, because I was looking for what's called a neutralizing dose at that time, for the second injection, she curled up into a ball on my sofa and stopped talking. And I said, that's what I said. I said, oh my God, <laughs> now what? And I did two more injections and she came out of it, thank goodness. And she described what was happening. She said that it was like a, she was falling into a black abyss and there was nothing she could do. And I had been testing her for weeks. And we both agreed that she seemed to be sensitive to wheat. And she agreed to stop eating wheat, which was um, very excellent for her because her, her um, hobby was cooking and her specialty was desserts. Oh my so, goodness, that must have been a challenge. That's right. She called me two years later to tell me that when she stopped eating wheat, um, she felt better. She w was able to be more productive at work and she got a wonderful raise. And she wanted me to know that she was engaged to be married. Oh my and goodness. I was thinking that's just from stopping wheat. And it Who was, knew? <laughs> it, it was worth it, worth a, it for her to do so. And she put her values, I think, in the right place. And that was that was a very much a wow for me. That is a huge wow, and it's a, it's a wow that it, you know. What I love the way you describe that. Two years later, she was you know here's the extraordinary sort of, I'm going to say, cascade of results. It wasn't just one result that she felt better, but everything about her life started to open up and she started to 
have the vitality that you spoke about at the very beginning of our conversation yes. suddenly blossoming and growing and expanding in her life. Right. Well, on that note, I'm going to say I could talk with you forever, but we've had a wonderful in-depth conversation here. And I want to remind people of something very generous that Dr. Kathy Lippman makes available for people. And um, I want to also remind you of how you can reach her online. She has a very informative website. It's called kathylippmanmd.com. And I'm going to spell her name because there's a couple ways to spell everyone's name. Her name is spelled C-A-T-H-I-E, and then it's L-I-P-P-M-A-N, be sure to add the M-D on the end, dot com. And on that website, you're going to see her phone number, which is 310-289-8430 here in the Los Angeles area. And she has offered her book free to people who call and uh, you can also contact her on the website. Of course, you can do that. But a free copy of her wonderful book called Your Guide to Staying Healthy in a Challenging World. All you have to do is pay postage. That is a very good deal. So for those people who are interested in learning more about what Dr. Kathy Lippman has to share, and I'll tell you, she has a lot to share. Um, you can get started with her book. You can, of course, go back and listen to some of the details and some of the specific elements that we've talked about here today. And I am so excited that you shared many fine whispers and several real-life wows. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much, Diane, for the opportunity and the chance to speak together about these issues. Well, it is my pleasure. So I'm going to just say we'll see you all next time. Have a healthy and vital life uh, until we meet next. And I'm going to say toodaloo for right now. <laughs>